Jayam Vishnupad, Panamahamsa, Paragraj, Jikacharya, Shatara, Sata, Shishimad. His divine grace, A.C. Bhakti, Vananta Swami, Shla Prabhupada, Anantakoti Vaishnava, Brindaki, Grantarashima, Bhagavatam, Aki. Jainitai, go Premanandi. All glories is some devotees, all glories is some devotees, all glories is some devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Narayanam namaskritya naram cheva narottamam devim sarasvatim vyasam tatojayam udirayat Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 9, Chapter Entitled, Prahlad Pacifies the Lord with Prayers, Text Number 41. Evam Swakama Patitam Bhavavaitaranyam Anyonya kama maranashana bita bitam Pashanjanam svapara vigraha vaira maitram Anteti parachara pipri Evam Swakama Patitamba Vavaitaranyam Anyanya Janma Jasa Bita Bitam Pashanjanam Swapara Vigraha Vairamaitram Anteti parachara pi prihi mudamajya. Evam svakama patitam bhavavaitaranyam. Anyanya janma maranashana bita bitam. Pashanjanam svapara vigraha vaira maitram Pashanjanam 
Hanteti Parachara Piprihi Muddhamajya fallen because of the reaction of one's own material activities. Pava, compared to the world of Nisians, birth, death, old age, and disease. Vaitaranyam, in the river known as Vaitarani which lies in front of the doorway of Yamaraj, the superintendent of death. Anya, Anya, 
one after another. Jamma, birth. Marana, death. Ashana, different types of eating. Bita bitam, being exceedingly afraid. Pashan, seeing. Janam, the living entity. Swa, one's own. Para, of others. Vigraha, in the body. Vairamaitram, considering friendship and enmity. Hanta, uh, sorry, Hanta, alas. Iti, in this way. Parachara, or you who are on the other side of the river of death. Pipurihi, kindly save us all from this dangerous condition. Mudam, we are all foolish, bereft of spiritual knowledge. Aja, today, because you are personally present here. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Śrīla Prabhupāda. My dear Lord, you are always transcendentally situated on the other side of the river of death. But because of the reactions of our own activities, we are suffering on this side. Indeed, we have fallen into the river and are repeatedly suffering the pains of birth and death and eating horrible things. Now kindly look upon us, not only upon me, but also upon all others who are suffering, and by your causeless mercy and compassion, deliver us and maintain us. Purport. Prahlad Maharaj, a pure Vaishnava, prays to the Lord not only for himself, but for all other suffering living entities. There are two classes of Vaishnavas, the Bhajananandis and the Goshyanandis. The Bhajananandis worship the Lord only for their own personal benefit, but the Goshyanandis try to elevate all others to Krishna consciousness so that they may be saved. Fools cannot, oh sorry, fools who cannot perceive repeated birth and death and the other miseries of materialistic life cannot be sure of what will happen to them in their next birth. Indeed, these foolish materially contaminated rascals have manufactured as irresponsible uh, have manufactured an irresponsible way of life that does not consider the next life. They do not know that according to one's own activities, one receives a body selected from 8,400,000 species. These rascals have been described in Bhagavad Gita as Dushkritino Muda, non-devotees. Those who are not Krishna conscious must engage in sinful activities, and therefore they are Mudas, fools and rascals. They, uh, they are such fools that they do not know what will happen to them in their next life. Although they see varieties of living creatures eating abominable things, pigs eating stool, crocodiles eating all kinds of flesh, and so on, they do not realize that they themselves, because of their practice of eating all kinds of nonsense in this life, 
will be destined to eat the most abominable things in their next life. A Vaishnava is always afraid of such an, abo an, an abominable life. And to free himself from such horrible conditions, he engages himself in the devotional service of the Lord. The Lord is compassionate to them, and therefore, he appears for their benefit. Yada yada hidamashya glaniya bhavati bharata abhutanam adharmashya tadat manam srijamyaham Whenever and wherever there is a decline of religious practice, O descendant of Bharata, <coughs> and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Bhagavad Gita 4.7 The Lord is always ready to help the fallen souls, but because they are fools and rascals, they do not take to Krishna consciousness and abide by the instructions of Krishna. Therefore, although... Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is personally the Supreme Lord. Krishna, he comes as a devotee to preach the Krishna consciousness movement. Yare deka tarikaha Krishna upadesh. One must therefore become a sincere servant of Krishna. Amara agaya guruhana atara e desh. Chaitanya Charitamrita Maja 7128. One should therefore become a guru and spread Krishna consciousness all over the world simply by preaching the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. Omagyan Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati swa padantikam vancha kalpatarubhyas cha kripa sindubhya eva cha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shivasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare It's a very nice purport by Prabhupada, as all these purports are. Uh, Prabhupada is describing um, that there are two types of devotees. Um, there's Bhajananandi and Goshjanandi. Uh, Bhajan, Bhaja, uh, it means like to worship. Bhaja. Uh, so a Bhajananandi is one who absorbs himself in worship of the Lord. And in our tradition, we have Bhajan Anandi devotees. If you look at our disciplic succession on the back wall uh, behind Prabhupada, uh, so you have, you know, on, on those pictures, uh, we have Gorkashota's Babaji Maharaj. And on the altar below Gornitai, we also have Jagannathdas Babaji Maharaj. So they were Bhajan Anandi uh, devotees. In other words, they weren't so engaged in preaching, uh, but they're more engaged in Bhajan uh, or worshipping Krishna, focusing on internal cultivation of their own Krishna consciousness. Of course, when you're very advanced, uh, like Gorgashodas Babaji Maharaj and Jagannathdas Babaji Maharaj, Prabhupada said their bhajan was purifying the universe. So, you know, it wasn't just like a selfish type of activity. They were so pure by their chanting, you know, the universe was becoming purified. And they were inspiring 
others. Uh, Gorgashoba Das Babaji Maharaj, he gave initiation to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is the son of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. But you cannot take initiation from your father or your mother. Right? That's not proper. Because the kids don't always listen yeah, to the father and mother. I mean, imagine if you're, you know, your children, were, you were the guru of your children. Right? They, they wouldn't follow half of the things that you told them to do. You know? Clean your room. I don't have to clean my room, but I'm your guru. But you're also my parent, you know, so it's not, not going to work. So Bhakti Santa Saraswati Thakur, he was initiated by Gorkashoda's Babaji Maharaj. Bhakti Vinod Thakur said, go to Gorkashoda's Babaji Maharaj, take initiation from him. Now he was a Bhajananandi. And Bhakti Santa Saraswati Thakur, he invited Gorkashoda's Babaji Maharaj to come to Calcutta, uh, to uh, preach. He said, come, you know, I'll bring you and I'll organize preaching programs. Uh, you're such an advanced devotee, Paramahamsa devotee. Kokashodas Babaji Maharaj said, I will never go to the material world. Uh, he wouldn't leave. He, he was up in Mayapur. Right? He spent, he's doing his bhajan in Vrindavan and then he moved to Mayapur. Very interesting actually. Uh, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj and Kokashodas Babaji Maharaj both did this. Usually we do the other way, all right? We start in Mayapur, then we go to Brindavan. But they actually did the opposite. It's very interesting, right? Did their bhajan in Brindavan then move back to Mayapur? Uh, because mm, it depends on your realization, but in many ways, I mean, we, we see Brindavan as being, uh, Brindavan has a different mood uh, to Mayapur. Mayapur is all Daryadam. You know, it's very merciful, very compassionate. Right? All the deities there are in a very compassionate mood, in the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But uh, uh, Mayapur also has an incredible amount of, it is incredibly deep. Vrindavan uh, is obviously incredibly deep because it's the home of Radha and Krishna. Uh, but Mayapur is a place where Krishna goes to experience Shimati Radharani's mood. So it's incredibly deep. So Gorkashoda's Babaji Maharaj and Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj, they began their bhajan in Vrindavan, but then they moved back to Mayapur, which is very interesting. You know, quite often we see it the other way. We go to Mayapur first and then we go to Vrindavan, but they, they did the opposite. So he was doing bhajan. Gorkashoda's Babaji Maharaj was doing bhajan in, uh, in Mayapur. And Bhakti Santa Saraswati Thakur said, come to Calcutta, I will organize preaching program for you. He said, I'll never go to the material world. Right? He wouldn't leave. Right? He stayed there because he was a Bhajananandi. This purport is speaking about Bhajananandi and Goshchanandi. Right? So if you're a Bhajananandi, right, on the level of Gorgashuddha's Babaji Maharaj and Jagannatha's Babaji Maharaj, you're purifying the universe just by your Bhajan. Just by you being present on, on the earth and uh, preaching, you are purifying the universe. And not just purifying, but you're inspiring the Goshtanandis to preach. You know, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, how many disciples did he have? Yeah, 60,000 disciples. 60,000 disciples. 
because he was being inspired by his guru, Gorgasodas Babaji Maharaj, to go out and spread, and he spread the Hare Krishna movement, the Sankirtan movement, all over India, very powerfully, right? And gave the instruction to Srila Prabhupada, our Srila Prabhupada, to go to the West and to spread it across the oceans as well, uh, spread it all over the world. Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur, he actually said, because he had 60,000 disciples, but he actually said when he left the world, because right, he actually left quite young, he was only in his 60s when he left, he actually said that he was dissatisfied because he said many of the disciples were coming just to take initiation so that they could say, oh, I'm initiated by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. It was like a, a prestige thing. Now, so he actually, when he left, he said that he felt, and Prabhupada said that, he said, when my Guru Maharaj left, he felt dissatisfied at the state of the Gaudiya Mutt because they were all fighting amongst themselves. Uh, Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur said that the sannyasis, you know, they built this big marble temple in Bhagbazar in uh, Kolkata, and sannyasis were arguing who was going to have which room in the mutt. So Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur, he said to Prabhupada, better you just sell all the marble, right? Sell all the marble, make money and print books. <laughs> and he said to Prabhupada famously, that radical, he said, if you ever get money, print books. He gave him that divine message. If you ever get money, print books. Uh, because uh, he was spreading the movement, but then he was feeling dissatisfied. Uh, because people were not taking the, the spirit of the movement properly. And Srila Prabhupada said that when he left, he said, I am satisfied uh, with what has been established. And he said, my Guru Maharaj was not satisfied at the end. Uh, because of uh, the way the mission was being left. But Prabhupada said, I am satisfied. And Prabhupada said, at least maintain what I have done. And how happy would Prabhupada be? Because this con is far, far <laughs> greater than, you know, when Prabhupada left, by Prabhupada's empowerment, you know. And how does this con spread? By fidelity. What does fidelity mean? What does it mean, fidelity? Hmm. What's that? Following as it is. Yeah, following it as it is. Right? Uh, fidelity. You're, if you're an infidel, it means you're not chaste. You're not committed. You know, you'll go off with other uh, people. You know, you're married to one person, but you'll go off to other people. Right? That's an infidel. It's not, not chaste, not, not committed. Fidelity means we have to be, when you're committed, then things will spread. And that's why ISKCON is spreading, because the devotees are so committed uh, to Prabhupada's uh, mission and his movement. And now you see ISKCON is becoming empowered by Prabhupada. Right? Prabhupada is empowering the devotees to spread Krishna consciousness everywhere, and it's spreading. Right? Sometimes reporters would say to Prabhupada, uh, Srila Prabhupada, <coughs> uh, Swamiji, how is your movement spreading? Prabhupada said, it is spreading like wildfire. Spreading like wildfire, it's going everywhere. And then Prabhupada would say, they put out the fire in one place, we started in another place. You, know, you put out the fire in this place, we'll just start it over there. You, know, you come and shut the temple here in Melbourne, okay, we'll go to Hoppers Crossing, we'll open one there. You know, and then in Hoppers Crossing, you shut that temple, then we'll go to uh, Berwick and we'll open one there. You know, it is spreading like wildfire. Wherever you put it out, it will just come up again.
Hmm? So Prabhupada would be very happy with the way ISKCON is, is spreading. <coughs> so is there a place for bhajananandis in ISKCON? Yes, there is. You, know, you can do bhajan, you can be a bhajananandi. You know, if you're qualified to be a bhajananandi. You know, if you just want to go and uh, do bhajan and just chant and absorb yourself, if you're doing it properly, right, if you're actually qualified and you're doing it, then you can, you can be a bhajananandi in ISKCON. Uh, just like Jamuna Devi, every morning we sing uh, the Govindam prayers uh, by Jamuna Devi. Now, she was a huge preacher in ISKCON. She was one of the biggest preachers in ISKCON. You, know, you ask all the early devotees. You know, she was one of the biggest preachers. And she made so many devotees. Right? And she was such a powerful preacher. But then, while Prabhupada was still on the planet, <clears throat> she moved away from the devotees. And she went, went and lived with another devotee, uh, a friend of hers. They went and lived separately. And they weren't like associating with the other devotees so much like that. And, but she would write to Prabhupada because she was very, very close to Prabhupada, right? If you see in the early days, you know, there's many photos with, with uh, Jamuna Devi and Prabhupada. They're very, very close. And she moved away. And then, but she would still write to Prabhupada. And she wrote a letter and Tamar Krishnamara, she gave the letter to Prabhupada. Or maybe he read the letter to Prabhupada and then, you know, she was saying that, you know, I'm away, I'm still chanting my rounds, I'm still following the regular principles, I'm still practicing Krishna consciousness, but not associated. And tomorrow Krishna thought Prabhupada was going to write back or say, you know, write, tell her to come and be with the others. And, no, and Prabhupada said, that is okay. Yeah. If she's doing her bhajan, if she's following the principles of Krishna consciousness, then that is okay, she can do like that. Yeah. Not everyone has to do uh, like we're doing, like be in the temple and you know, do full-time service. No, not everyone has to do like that. There are different ways to go to Krishna. And different individuals will do it. So there's a place for bhajananandis in ISKCON. You can be a bhajananandi, but you have to do it properly. Uh, Krishna says in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, do not be michacha. Uh, what does michacha mean? Uh, michacha. Yeah. Beginning of the third chapter of Krishna, uh, of Bhagavad Gita. And then, uh, what is that? Michacha. Hmm? That is pretender. Hmm? Into, externally, you look like a Babaji. You know, you grow your beard and you have your job. Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna. You're acting like externally, you look very exalted and pure, but internally, you're thinking about women and money. Uh, or, the, or if you're a Madhaji, you're thinking about men and money. Then that's not, that's pretender. So if you're doing that kind of bhajan, that's not bhajananandi, that's not good. You can do bhajan, you can go off and just chant, that's okay. But then, in your heart, you have to be thinking of Krishna, service to Guru and Krishna. Uh, in our line, because there are many bhajananandis in other lines as well, around Radhakund there are many babajis. And... Uh, they do bhajan. They're not goshjanandis. They're they're uh, uh, they But it is known that many of them are pretenders, right? Not actually pure. Not actually meditating on Krishna. 
Uh, and we see because we, we know. We know different things which are there. So many, many of them are not pure. But uh, in our line, Prabhupada explains our Siddha Pranali or our methodology for becoming perfect, uh, for realizing our eternal relationship with Krishna. Prabhupada says that will be revealed by the spiritual master while you're chanting Hare Krishna within your heart. That's actually our system. Our system is you chant Hare Krishna, right, Maha Mantra, and the guru within your heart, he will reveal your eternal relationship with Krishna when you're qualified enough, when you have the adhika, when you're pure, now, when you get to a high level of bhakti. Uh, that's actually our system. Hmm? Uh, but we don't just, generally, as devotees in ISKCON, we don't just, just go to Radha Kund or just go to Nunandagram or just to go someplace and just chant. And just, you know, chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and become pure. No, it doesn't work like that. Right. Actually, uh, if you see in our tradition, we have uh, the Namacharya. Uh, who is the Namacharya? Shilahari Das Thakur. Namacharya. You know, when we ever say Prima Dwani prayers, right, we always say Namacharya, Shilahari Das Thakur Ki Jai. No? Namacharya, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's the Yuga avatar, and he came to give us uh, the chanting of Hare Krishna, the Sankirtan process. Right? Lord Chaitanya came to give us that. And then who was the devotee who was empowered by Lord Chaitanya to show us how to become perfect in chanting the holy name of Krishna? That was Haridas Thakur, right? Namacharya. Three lakhs every day. 192 rounds a day. Have you ever done 192? Hands up, you've done 64. Hands up, you've done 80. Hands up, you've done, what's 64 and 64? 128. Hands up, you've done 128. 120. No one's even done two lakhs. Imagine three lakhs, 192, 192 rounds a day. Every day, 192 rounds. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare. Actually, I have to chant very fast. <laughs> I don't even chant at that pace. I couldn't actually uh, physically do it, I don't think, if I added it up. Yeah, it'd have to it'd take me the whole 24 hours. Right? So then wouldn't even be eating or sleeping, just be chanting. And then straight back into it the next day. You know, take bath in three minutes, and then Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, right? Eat one gulab jamun, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. That's all I'd have time for if I was chanting 192 rounds a day. So you have to chant very fast, very powerful to do that. So my Guru Maharaj, Tamar Krishna Maharaj, he was telling us that one time, uh, in, he said in Singapore, uh, he was doing a Kodashi Vrat. Every Kodashi, he would chant 80 rounds. Every Kodashi, he did this for a couple of years. Every Kodashi, when he was traveling around the world. <coughs> so every Kodashi, he would do 80 rounds. Right? And I think he would fast. You know, and just, just chant and do so. So he said in Singapore one time, he did 192 rounds, three lakhs. Because he said he wanted to experience what that was like. So he did it. And then he said his realization was he felt as purified as just doing a normal day of service in ISKCON with 16 rounds. Now he said that. I mean, he was doing a lot of service. 
you know, a lot of service. He was doing a lot of service for ISKCON. So he said, just chanting his rounds during a normal day of service in ISKCON, he felt as purified as chanting 192 rounds. So you can be a Bhajananandi, but you have to be very exalted. Uh, and then you'll get the purification. Right? And it's not easy either to do it. Uh, there's a place in ISKCON for it. It's not that we don't accept anyone can do be a Bhajananandi. Devotees can do it. But you have to be relishing. And you have to be very exalted. And you can't be a Mitchacha. You can't be a pretender. Uh, but generally, most of the devotees in ISKCON, we are Goshjanandi. Goshjanandi means? Oh, what is a Goshjanandi? Preacher. Yeah, someone who gives Krishna consciousness to others. <coughs> that's our line, that's our lineage generally. If you look at most of the Acharyas, that is the mood of the Acharyas, Goshjanandi. Right? And which Acharya do we follow <coughs> uh, the most closely is Prabhupada himself, because he was the last of the, the great Acharyas, the Paramahamsa Acharyas within our disciplic succession. Uh, Prabhupada said, uh, devotee said, will there be another Paramahamsa, will there be another pure devotee who will come? Prabhupada said, yeah, someone may come. Someone may come. And then uh, they asked Prabhupada, they said, how will we know? How will we know? Prabhupada said, he will be self-effulgent. You go on this side, men go on this side. No, no, ladies on this side, men on this side. Yeah. Then he will be self-effulgent. Right? We won't have to ask, oh, is this the Paramahamsa? Right? Everyone will just know this is the Paramahamsa. <clears throat> and in ISKCON already, we have devotees like that. You know, we have acharyas like that. We have disciples of Prabhupada who are like that. Very powerful. Very powerful. You know, so, you know, we, we know these personalities are very powerful. Right? And we offer them respect because, you know, we know. <clears throat> will someone come who's like a Prabhupada who everyone follows? Maybe. Maybe that will happen in the future. You know, someone will come and everyone will follow that person. They may come. But generally, we follow Prabhupada's example. We are Goshjanandi. Goshjanandi means we do what Prabhupada does. <coughs> One time, a devotee asked Prabhupada, they said, uh, Prabhupada, how do we repay our debt to you? you know, I think we all feel like this. You know, I feel like that. You know, my Guru Maharaj... Srila Prabhupada, the disciplic succession, all the devotees, you know, the gurus. I feel like I have a debt. You know, I can't repay the debt. You know, I feel like I have a debt. So they, a devotee said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, how do we repay our debt to you? Prabhupada said, actually it is not possible. Prabhupada said, actually it is not possible. I mean, how do we repay the debt? What do we do? Yeah, chant. Yeah, yeah. We, we do our best, but how do we actually repay the debt? You know, Prabhupada pulled us out of this cycle of birth and death. You know, I remember the moment. You know, I was I was at my grandmother's house. <laughs> I was I was doing a modelling course. I was studying acting. I left school. I was studying acting, and I do modelling to make some money, right? So I was doing a modelling course, which is the most boring course in the universe. <laughs> it was boring. It was this six-week course, like a tape called How to Be a Model. It was boring as anything. So I, I would not go to the course because it's so boring. And I'd go to my grandmother's house because my grandmother wouldn't tell my mother that I wasn't going to the course. Right? So I went to my grandmother's house and she wasn't home. 
So I just let myself in. And I was sitting there, on, I still remember, I was sitting there on her chair in the, uh, the lounge room and I was watching television. And then uh, it was in the middle of the day and then there was nothing to watch. You know, midday they just, it turns into uh, uh, horse manure. You know, all the, all the television just turns into horse manure. It's like nothing, there's nothing to watch, it's boring. So I turned it off <clears throat> and I was sitting there and then I looked to my left and she had a bookshelf. And I thought oh, I'll read something. So I looked and there's one book called Coming Back. And I thought, hmm, and it said science of reincarnation. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm interested in reincarnation. So I picked up that book and then I read it. I still remember, you know, just sitting there reading. And two hours I read it. I never finished it. I read up to the end of chapter six. There's eight chapters, I think. So I read to the end of chapter six. But it changed my life. You know, Prabhupada changed my life. His book, his words changed my life. And I was just reading, I'm thinking, my God, you know, every time I read something, wow, wow. It's like all this knowledge which was within me, but I could not articulate it. Suddenly someone was saying it all on me because I was reading things. I was interested in, you know, the meaning of life. I was thinking about these things. And I read some Baha'i, you know, different Eastern philosophies. I was reading different things, but nothing was inspiring me. But then when I read uh, Prabhupada's words, and particularly, the thing that struck me more than anything else uh, in the coming back, they tell the story of uh, Jad Bharata, uh, Maharaj Rahugana. And then he took birth as, uh, or actually, yeah, Bharat Maharaj, that, that pastime. And he takes birth as the deer, and then he becomes Jad Bharata, which is in the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam, right? So I was reading that. And then when I read Jad Bharata, when he became Jad Bharata, and then he did not, he was not affected by heat and cold, happiness, distress, honor, dishonor. And when I was reading that, I was thinking, that's what I want to be. I want to be like that. Uh, so that this is the power of uh, Prabhupada's books. Right? So I remember that moment, like that changed my life. But I never read the, the last two chapters, chapter 7 and 8, because in chapter 7 and 8 they tell you to chant Hare Krishna. I never read that. I took the book with me. I said to my grandmother, can I have this book? And she said, yeah, you can have it. And later on she said, I, I wish you never read that book. Because <laughs> uh, I was a model and an actor and then I shaved my head. And the first time she saw me, a shaved head. She said, oh, you know, what have you done? You know, and she used to say to me for years, actually, every time I would see her, she said, when are you going to grow your hair? When are you going to grow your hair? I said, oh, yeah, maybe later. <laughs> I've never grown my hair since then. You know, over 30 years, I've never grown my hair. Now, I just like it, just get rid of it. And then I don't have to worry in the morning. You know, when you're a model, you have to get up, you look in the mirror every morning, you take half an hour just to get your hair ready. He's like, now I just get up in the morning, I just go like that, it's done. And then go, <laughs> so much better. Simple living, high thinking. Uh, this, is, this is our philosophy. Uh, so then, uh, <clears throat> I remember, you know, Prabhupada changed my life. So how do I repay the debt? Uh, but I think like that every day. I think, how do I repay the debt? And Prabhupada said, actually, you cannot. One devotee asked him, he said, how do we repay the debt? Prabhupada said, actually, you cannot. But if you want to try... Prabhupada said, preach vigorously like me. 
So that's what I try to do. I try to give my life to Prabhupada. You know, I don't, I'm not perfect and I don't do it uh, all the time. I'm not ahoitiki apratihata, uninterrupted. You know, I don't preach like Prabhupada all the time. And it's not pure. It's not without motivations and, you know, I still have material desires. But we try the best we can. <clears throat> preach uh, vigorously like Prabhupada. We have to do something for the Hare Krishna movement. <clears throat> One of Prabhupada's disciples told me many years ago, I saw him uh, in Vrindavan. He was like a Shiksha guru, one of Prabhupada's disciples. And then I, I hadn't seen him for quite a while. And then I saw him, uh, and then uh, he said, what are you doing? And at that time I was, I'd been temple president in uh, Adelaide for a couple of years. I was temple president in Adelaide. So I said I'd been temple president. He said, oh, very good. He said, because you are taking up responsibility. He said, this is how you advance in Krishna consciousness, right? Because most of us, our bhajan is not pure enough or powerful enough to take us back to Krishna, right? So that's why we have to preach. Because when you preach and you take responsibility to spread the Hare Krishna movement, you attract the kripa, right, or the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And when you get that mercy, then you will, uh, your bhajan will become more powerful. Hmm? Does it make sense? Hmm? Does it make sense? Can we work out this flower, Leela? Just smell the flower and give it to another devotee. That's the Leela. <laughs> Doesn't have to take seven minutes to cross the temple. Right? So, uh, does it make sense, the, the how-to? This is the method that generally we're given. You can be a bhajananandi, you can go back to Godhead being a bhajananandi, but you have to be very powerful. But the method that we're given by our acharyas, by Prabhupada, is to be a goshtanandi, right? That's better for most of us. I mean, for me, I've got more chance of going back to the spiritual world by following that method. I chant Hare Krishna, but I try to take a responsibility to spread the Hare Krishna movement on behalf of the previous acharyas of, of Mahaprabhu of Prabhupada. And then by doing that service, you attract their mercy, and then your, your bhajan, your chanting of Hare Krishna, it will become more uh, infused with mercy and power, and you'll get purified more. Right? Because if you, don't do, if you don't take responsibility and if you don't preach, right, then your bhajan, uh, your sadhana, it may not become as empowered. Does it make sense? Uh, so that's the methodology. That's what we're given by Prabhupada. So this Sunday uh, is the full moon. Uh, uh, and it, we call it um, Kartik Purnima. Uh, in ISKCON, and all, all the Gaudias we follow, and devotees sometimes uh, debate this, we, we begin Kartik on the full moon and we finish it on the full moon. And some devotees say, well, you can't do that. It has to be Pratipatta full moon. It can't be. No, but we do that anyway. <laughs> Even if it doesn't make sense, we do it. <laughs> uh, because Kartik <clears throat> is one of the 64 Angas of Bhakti, Urjavrat, mentioned in Nectar of Devotion. So in that month, which is coming, it starts on Sunday, goes for one month, in my devotional service, the rest of the year, <clears throat> I always, you know, sometimes I make compromises in my sadhana for preaching. You know, we might stay up late, do a program, 
you know, preaching programs. So, you know, we make different, we go to these, uh, uh, what do you call them, catering jobs. You know, and then what's your sudden like at the catering job? <clears throat> Not the best. <laughs> I remember I went one time, confessed. Anyone being confessed? No, they don't do it anymore. Uh, hippie festival. Uh, Naga Bubba festival. <laughs> right? Half of them walk around naked. Half of them walk around naked. Uh, when I went there the first time, I actually, I was fearful. I think I said this a little while ago. I was actually fearful because I thought, oh, I'm going to go to a place everyone's naked and it's going to be very disturbing for my consciousness. It was actually the opposite uh, because most human bodies are not attractive. That's why we wear clothes. <laughs> you look more attractive with something on than with it off. So all these people walking around with naked, I was just thinking, oh my God, put clothes on. You're embarrassing me and you're embarrassing yourself and you're embarrassing uh, the Australian Prime Minister and you're embarrassing everyone in the universe. <laughs> put clothes, that's why we wear clothes. Right. So uh, we went to uh, Confess, but we were staying up at 12 o'clock at night, serving prasadam, going to bed after 12, getting up, it was 40 degrees for three days in a row, it was dusty, it was like, it was very, it was austere, you know, and my sadhana, because I was getting up, you know, in the morning, going to bed at 12, probably getting up at 7 or something, and then chanting, beginning, beginning my rounds at 8 o'clock, you know, and then, you know, you're trying to chant, and there's, you know, naked people walking all around, you're trying to, like, you know, it was, it was austere, it was difficult. Uh, so, during the year, we make compromises. Why did we do that? Why did we do that tapasya? Because we want to spread uh, prasadam distribution. We want other people to take prasadam, to become purified. And we want to make a revenue of money to keep Radhavalabha's temple running. So we do tapasya. But in Kartik, right, I don't make the compromises. Right? I just focus on my sadhana for one month to purify myself. So the rest of the year, we have energy and inspiration. Now we can spread the Hare Krishna movement. Mm. So on Sunday, we have a very nice opportunity. We can do our bhajan very nicely. And Kartik, uh, Giriraj Maharaj, he was explaining many years ago, I was listening to a lecture. He said, it's like the, in Melbourne, we have the uh, uh, Boxing Day stock take sale. Is it stock take or just Boxing Day sale? Yeah, it's sale, Boxing Day sale. So people in the West are not so intelligent, right? Before Christmas, everyone buys a lot of things, right? And then the day after Christmas, you can get all the same stuff half price. But everyone gets caught up because they think, oh, it's Christmas, we've got to buy things. So everyone goes crazy, right? Buys all this stuff, gives it to everyone. And the next day you can go, and then they have the huge sale on Boxing Day. Everyone goes there, you can get everything half price. And so the intelligent people, they go the next day. Uh, but all the other people, they get caught up in the whole uh, consumerism, the commercialism, and then they buy uh, everything on the, for the Christmas. So Giriraj Maharaj said, Kartik is like that. Kartik is a time where Radharani, she is the presiding deity of the month of Kartik, and whatever service you do, you'll get 10,000 times the benefit. Every holy name that you chant, right? Every, every, every bit of suddenness that you do, service that you do, any preaching you do during that time, you will get so much extra benefit. And you'll get purified. And then once we're purified by our bhajan, then the rest of the year, I mean, we preach in Kartik also, but the rest of you, we can just give so much. Because uh, we need inspiration. Purity is the force. 
If we're not pure ourselves, we can't spread the Krishna consciousness movement. So in ISKCON, you can have Goshchanandis and Bhajananandis. Both are there. Right? There are two, two types, and everything is there. Uh, and Prabhupada even gave Babaji to a few disciples. He gave Babaji. So it is there. Bhajan, Bhajananandi is there. But most of us, we practice the, the process of Goshchanandi. Right? And that's how we become purified. Okay. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Anything that we discussed? Do, do we do this microphone program? Um, I was wondering how we can uh, reconcile the aspect that sometimes uh, it's needed to be Vajananandi to uh, boost your Gostyanandi activities. And it's also encouraged. Uh, I heard many times devotees encourage devotees to go with um, more focus in working within. And it's needed after some time in practicing. So that also, as you said, empower your Gaussian and the activities. Mm. How can we make the balance for that? Uh, join ISKCON. <laughs> join ISKCON and you will get the balance. Yeah? Are you in ISKCON? Yeah. So you're already doing it, so what's the problem? Prabhupada said ISKCON sandwich. Yeah. Huh? Do, you eat, do you eat the sandwich? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so you're already doing it. Morning, sadhana, bhajan, morning program. Right? We do bhajan. What do we do since 4.30 this morning? Bhajan. Right? Then, today, Goshjanandi. Preach, spread Krishna content. You're, you do the reception, right? So people ring, Hare Krishna. We have a nice person answers the phone. That's very important. You know, in some temples, no one even answers the phone. Is that good? No. Some people, they answer the, the phone you know, in the temple. You ring in the temple, they go, Hari Bo. Is that good? You know, imagine someone never met the devotees before. They, they you know, ring the Hare Krishna temple, and someone goes, Hari Bo. Not very good. You, know, you have nice you know, marriages there. Oh, Hare Krishna, welcome, Hare Krishna temple. How can I help you today? Oh, that's very nice. That's service. And so many other services, so many other preaching are doing. And then at night time, then more sandwich means the other piece of bread, more bhajan, hearing, chanting these things. Mm. Does that answer your question? Or? Yeah. Uh, also, I was thinking more, for example, sometimes it's required like a re retreats activities that devotees do and in order yeah. to yeah. foster more their inner life and then be more energizing yeah. or going to the dam yeah. once good. a year or things like that. Yeah. Yeah, Prabhupada said we should go to the Holy Dham once a year for that reason. Because Prabhupada said when you're in the West, you get contaminated. Now you get contaminated. So therefore you have to go and you have to take bath in the Ganga, in the Jamuna, right? and chant Hare Krishna in a pure place. Prabhupada actually said, interesting, Harisori Prabhu's diary, Prabhupada actually said that uh, 500 devotees in ISKCON should come to Mayapur every three weeks and just do a kirtan festival just chant 500 devotees and he said at the end three weeks they go back another 500 devotees come they do Prabhupada actually gave that instruction mm. so yeah you're right we need to do these you know retreats or go to the dam they seem to purify ourselves but, but I like the, the, the way how you presented that every day can we do that blended 
activity, Vajan and Andy and Gostin Andy. Yeah. And it's open for everybody. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Prabhupada, he created both for us. Mm. You know, we do both. We do Bhajan, we, do, we preach. You know. yeah. So every day we're doing both. But then sometimes, as you say, we have to do go away. We just have to absorb ourselves in uh, bhajan, get purified, and then come back. You have more energy. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Thank Any you. other question or comment? Sylvia, the microphone yeah. for Sylvia. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Um, Thank you for the nice class. Prabhu, you mentioned how Yamuna Mataji was staying far away from the devotees and Srila mm. <coughs> Prabhupada was happy with it. But in like we also see in the lectures and even in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we're encouraged to take devotee association. And Srila Prabhupada says, that's the only thing that can please me. Whether you like being with the devotees, you still have to cooperate with them because that's our austerity. So how do we understand this? Well, she was with a devotee. There was two of them living there. So that she was associating with devotee. So it was happening. <laughs> so for most of the devotees, uh, you know, most of the devotees, then we stay near the temple. You know, we come, we associate with the other devotees, serve the other devotees. But, uh, you know, sometimes some devotees, they want to live more separate. That's okay. Prabhupada said as long as they follow, they chant their rounds, follow the regular the principles, that's okay, they can do that. And then just sometimes they come for festivals or something like that. Or that's okay if that's how they want to do. I don't want to do like that. I like being with the devotees. I don't like. I don't want to go away and not see the devotees. I want to be with the devotees. But you know, if someone feels like that, they just want more solitude and more privacy. They can do like that. But they have to follow everything. They're Prabhupada too. Is it okay? Okay. That's good. Any other question? Use the transcendental microphone. Uh, sorry, it, it's just a simple comment regarding Yamuna Mataji. Mm. Yeah, it was a period of time that when she did that, but after she got an ashram where many devotees were uh, coming and she was cultivating, providing devotee care program, and so she was in a Sharanagati farm in yeah. Canada, so with devotees as well. So yeah, it's a good point. Just yeah, there was a period where she went away. <clears throat> but then she uh, came back and she lived on one of the ISKCON farms and she was looking after the devotees and doing so. And then also during that time she wrote Lord Krishna's Cuisine, which became one of the biggest selling cookbooks on the planet. You know, so you know, she did a lot of preaching, even when she... And she was writing articles for Back to Godhead, uh, late 80s as well, early 90s. So, yeah. so she, maybe she went away for a little bit, but then she came back. Okay? Or you're thinking of going away? Just tell your mother before you go. Just let her know where you are, that's all. Any other question? Or comment? Okay. Srila Prabhupada Ki? Jai. Gauranga. Gauranga.